what it is. Higher, 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 Podium, an Olympic slash World Cup podcast as we come to you for our week one review of the Qatar 2022 World Cup. We're a, a little bit late. We're still releasing this on a Friday, but it's an evening one, not a morning one, which means we can talk about more soccer because there's a game on right now. There were more on this morning and there's more playing for Wales right now. Kiefer, more, more Kiefer, <laughs> which maybe I'll talk to Colin about for references that he will enjoy and get but it's been a big week all the teams that we like have choked which is great and i'm sure we're here to talk about how happy we all are that saudi arabia are on the winners board because get in the saudis that's who we love uh speaking of loving the saudis it's jared lubeek jared welcome back to off the podium Thank you. Yeah, good to be back. What what a top team the Saudis. Such a fan. Oh, what a what a magnificent team from a magnificent country that do nothing wrong in the world. They are just uh, solid people. The Saudis. Please give us money. Uh, speaking of money, it's a man who will make some if he gets a phone call in this episode. It is Colin. Colleen. Colin. I don't Col- know his Colin. name. Colin. 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 Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin Hilding. Welcome back. Thank you. And uh, I've got my Saudi jersey ready for our new Masters and Overlords. Exactly. Uh, exactly. The Middle East and everything. Because, uh, again, I've heard no issues with anything happening at all in the Middle East at all this week. No news. Don't know what you're talking about. But, obviously, for both of us, Canada and Australia, difficult games on different pages. I might start with Canada because although you lost – you really shouldn't have, and played absolutely fantastically. How is Canada feeling? Because everything I'm seeing is just absolute positivity from you guys and gave it to the world number two, Belgium, and should have won the match. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is one of those losses where you come away and basically claim it as a victory, uh, which coming into this World Cup, all the talk was basically, hey, will we win a game or will we even score a point? And we didn't do either. And yet the country's thrilled because um, we dominated something we lost. Uh, th- I will say in non-Canadian style, there has been some critiquing of the game. Typically, it's like, yes, we tried. 
and we did okay. Uh, but uh, instead, there, there's been a lot of talk about the penalty kick. Oh, there were some mistakes on that. You know, we shouldn't have given it to Davies or whatever. But uh, outside of that, I mean, yeah, it's a happy country. And I think we're optimistic about uh, the upcoming ones. I got to ask Jared, uh, did you get up and watch it? Obviously, consecutive 6 a.m. starts for us here in Australia. The Socceroos will talk about them shortly. But if you didn't get up and watch it, did you catch any of the highlights? Did you go back and watch it? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? I saw the highlights and I was, yeah, impressed. Uh, Like typical Canadian move to like lose a match that you were like destined to win because like politeness, you know. Um, (laughs) But this is such like a polar, like it's funny, like that like Australia and Canada sit in their groups and their groups are looking so similar at the moment. But this is like polar opposite in that like I have so much more faith in Canada potentially (laughs) making it out of this group than like Australia at the moment. Like if they play it like that in like the other two games, like they have a solid chance of going through. Well, they got, Australia, like, mm. well, they got their hardest game over and done with, and obviously, yeah, one nothing loss to Belgium, and just came out of the box absolutely firing. The talking point is you're saying Colin Afonso Davies got a penalty. Sadly, it was saved. That would have been Canada's first ever goal at a World Cup, but just dominated possession, dominated shots, dominated everything and just couldn't find the back of the net, unfortunately. And I think the thing that I I loved about it from a perspective here in Australia is that I don't think anybody really gives a shit that Canada's in this World Cup, as I've talked about. Even the commentators and everyone talking about it. I I love David Bashir, who is a great commentator here on SBS, generally does the SBS games, uh, the Socceroos games, sorry. And um, I I love the fact that in the lead-up to the Canada-Belgium game, they're doing this all talk and everything, they decided to cut away for 10 minutes to talk about the Socceroos 24 hours prior, <laughs> five minutes before the game starts. And then they quickly get there at the end of the, um, the Socceroos talk with him and Harry Kuehl and basically goes, all right, so we're on to this match now, Canada-Belgium. Uh, Canada didn't really do anything in qualifying. Harry, what do you think about Belgium? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> no, nah, just top the group in CONCACAF, number one team in North America. Now they did nothing first time they qualified in 36 years. Like, I love you, Dave, but like, seriously, mate, like, that's pretty piss poor. Um, what was it? I would love to know, Colin, like when we can talk about the Socceroos and all that sort of stuff, the coverage that we get from that perspective, obviously you're going to focus on the country that you're in and everything like that. But was it like, I don't know, like a two hour pre-show? Like, cause, I mean, this was what at like midday, 1 PM for you basically. So like, yeah. how was the, the lead in coverage and everything along those lines leading into you guys walking out in the pitch? We actually had a three-hour preview, and they they advertised. Typically, you'll see advertisements, oh, the preview starts at whatever time, but like they continually reminded people, our three-hour preview will be starting at. Uh, watch our three-hour preview. I mean, I didn't watch all three hours of it, but uh, I, I was unclear. I'm like, is this supposed to start at noon for me, 1 o'clock? Uh, so I was watching quite a bit of it, and yeah, there was, there was a lot of hype. And uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, how other countries respond too, because – uh, that's the one where we're getting the Canadian commentary and they weren't just airing it on TSN here. I mean, you could watch it on CTV, which is the number one national network in the middle of the day. For me, I found the most interesting thing is, uh, I guess the, the excitement just among regular people building up to this, you know, our, uh, the, the Canadian football league, um, the CFL had its great cup on Sunday and it felt like all the hype was about that. And then as soon as that was over, now all of a sudden, okay, let's get ready. We got a couple days World Cup game coming. 
uh, I, I wasn't quite sure where it would be because this isn't something where we're expected to advance or anything like that. It, it, you know, maybe we'll only have you know, a couple of games, but uh, it, it basically turned into what we get during the Olympics. If we're going for a gold medal or I guess most recently the, the women's soccer in uh, Tokyo, which I think was like the number one rated um, uh, television for the year in Canada, where everybody was watching it. And it's funny because we had uh, a meeting that occurs every single week, literally at one o'clock, the start time. And my boss and I were talking the day beforehand. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to be hearing like a lot of like commentary in the background and people aren't really going to be paying attention to this meeting. And uh, all of a sudden the, the day before, like literally 10 o'clock at night, I get this meeting update where now all of a sudden we're going to be meeting at 9 a.m. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> and of course, on the meeting, nobody said, yeah, sorry. Uh, it was like poorly disguised, too. It's like we got uh, a couple of uh, schedule conflicts <laughs> coming up later. <laughs> nobody yeah. wanted to address what was going to be happening at one o'clock, but That's uh, it's, it seemed like it was like the country shut down for a couple hours. So uh, I, I'm sure it's going to continue to happen until we score at least that one goal. Well, I think it just, it definitely sounds like shades of us here in 2006. And I think, I mean, the difference for Australia is that those games were late at night, early in the morning. We didn't sort of have that during the day, but I think that because we had gone so long without qualifying for a world cup, we didn't really know what to do with it. And it was such a big deal uh, back in 2006. So um, it's it's great to kind of hear that sort of level happening there. And from what I saw on social media, all the Canadians were into it. Uh, it looked really, really good. I saw, you know, either of you probably even know who I'm about to talk about. Maybe you do. Thierry Henry was in your locker room afterwards, wishing, uh, you know, congratulating you guys for doing a good performance. I know he ended up coaching in Montreal, but he's an absolute legend of the game. So you got a lot of respect out there, I think, for the performance. And obviously the Morocco-Croatia game was nil all. So, you know, you're still in a very good chance of making it out of that group. And you play how you do against uh, the other two teams. you got the two easy games to come now. you got the hardest one over and done with. Um, I think there's every single chance mm-hmm. that you can go out of the group. So, uh it's exciting. Jared, I mean, I, I don't like I know, obviously, since you've done this show, you probably pay more attention to Canada. But I mean, did you ever think you might be cheering for Canada in a in a soccer tournament? No, never crossed my mind. But yeah, like like we were saying, just after that performance, I'm so much more invested, I suppose, in the next two games, because it does feel like a real possibility that they could make it through. Fun story with Colin that kind of got onto our coverage in Australia, you're welcome, whether or not the facts were true or not, because we had two different versions of this stat. Uh, Colin, you were watching the coverage and you said your commentators basically said in that first half that Canada had had more shots on goal in that one half than the entire tournament in 1986. So you shared that in yeah. our group. Now, on our coverage here in Australia, one of the guys on the couch sort of in the pre-game, halftime show and post-game, this guy called Robbie Cornthwaite. Now, my day job, I produce his podcast for the A-Leagues here in Australia, so I text him and all that kind of stuff. So he had listened to our show last week, thanks, Robbie, because I'd said, oh, we talked a bit about Canada and he was covering Canada's game. So I texted him and I said, oh, fun fact, my co-host in Canada just said that this is what they said on the coverage. So he then said that in the halftime break, 
that he said, oh, and fun fact for you, Canada had more shots on goal in that half than they did in all of 1986, to which Neve Owens, who was on this show last week, turns around and says, oh, Robbie Cornthwaite, the man with all the facts. So basically <laughs> he got the credit for something that you got the should have got the credit for. But then in the second half, our commentators turned around and said like, Oh, and Canada have had 23 shots on goal. Fun fact, they had 28 shots on goal in 1986. So don't know what was true or not. But the fact of the matter is, that story aside, Colin, you sort of got mentioned on Australian TV, kind of. Yes, in- incorrectly. Yes, uh, <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe our Which, commentators were wrong and maybe yours were right. I it could I, be. I would trust Canada be, yeah. over random British guy commentating. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I also wonder if that commentator was like, you know what? Oh, this jerk, who is he thinking he knows everything about Canada? Uh, I'm going to make something up here. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really excited now to start you know, giving some fake facts too and see if we can get those on the air. <laughs> the moose that uh, is in the foot of Alfonso <laughs> Davies was once played on the Toronto Maple Leafs, potentially. Um, Jared, Socceroos, now for a glorious 20 or so minutes – we were very happy and all of a sudden things were looking good. Craig Goodwin scores the opening goal. We're happy campers and all of a sudden we're feeling like this is on. Fast forward about 70 minutes later when we're losing 4-1. Uh, better than we did in 2010 against Germany. We got a goal. That's all right. Um, but look, I don't feel disappointed with it because I think kind of that's what we expected. I think... The disappointing fact is, is that we got hope for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden we felt probably how we thought we would. I mean, what was your take on the Socceroos? Yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit disappointed. Maybe it it was kind of the hope factor and that being dampened. I just think 4-1 was a, a lucky scoreline to get out of that match. To me, like it easily could have been 6-1, 7-1. Um, and I suppose, I mean, every game is a new match, but like... There, to me, there weren't a lot of positive signs to kind of take away apart from like the, the opening, you know, 10, 20 minutes. I just felt like after that, we played so defensively, there was zero attack. There wasn't any like taking chances. We just looked slow onto the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think a bit deflated kind of going into the next couple of matches. It The thing that I found really interesting, like you're right, I think we could have easily lost a whole lot more, but you also look at the fact that in that opening 20 minutes when we were doing really well, we had what a shot hit the post, a shot also nearly go in. So realistically we could have also been three, nothing up. Um, but yeah, I think kind of we were at where we were at. Um, and you know, I'm more worried now against Tunisia because that was a game that we were meant to win, but then Tunisia came out and dominated the shit out of Denmark and got a nil all draw with them. So it's kind of, oh shit, not knowing how I'm feeling about that tomorrow night. So it's going to be interesting. Colin, you, I was going to say, you, did you get up for it? No, this is again, like one o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. for you. You're obviously watching it because you messaged us in the group. So did you watch all of it or did you just kind of see some of it and then give up once the French thrashed our little butts? No, I mean, I was only able to watch the first half of it. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that first half, it, it got me really excited. Uh, so I had to message, I hope you guys are up, right? I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, if they're not awake, which I'm assuming they are, but if they're not awake, I don't want to spoil anything here. Uh, I mean, that first goal, I, I definitely didn't see it coming. And uh, I, I don't know how the second half went because, I mean, it, it wasn't good. looking like it was. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 from what I saw in the first half, I'm like, okay, they're up one, nothing. All right. It's tied one, one. All right. It's two, one. Now I'm like, 
there's still hope here and, and you weren't playing bad or anything um but uh uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm very fascinated to uh, maybe listen to the, your podcast or whatever to uh, this one off the podium. One of these days, I'll listen off the podium. To Me get the too. Up. <laughs> I hear it's good. Didn't they win an award? Maybe not sure. I think they did. I think yeah. they canceled the award afterwards. Yeah, I think though, next but- year they just they stopped the category because they're like too good. We can't let anybody else win. So. You know, the whole reason we're covering the World Cup is so we can try to get into another category yeah. now. That's, that's just- <laughs> <laughs> True. We're trying for best soccer podcast. Actually. They scrapped our category, the Sports Podcast Awards. So, you know, back, back undefeated. to our pilots going on right now. <laughs> undefeated. 100%. Just saying. But, but uh, you know, I, I would like to hear, like, because it, it just from everything we've talked about through the Olympics and everything, the difference in media coverage in Canada and Australia, you know, to, to hear, was it, was it all critical or was there a lot of like, Hey, there were some good highlights in the first half. Look, uh, I think the Australian mentality with events like this is when we realistically have no chance. We're still very Australian in the, oh, the Australian fighting spirit will get us through and, oh, well, we did our best and, oh, we can do this. And then sort of they turn to be a bit critical. I mean, I guess in my day job, I have to live this and I have to hear it all the time. And it's sort of, I think it's just that level of that's what we expected. I don't really feel it's too negative. Um, I mean, we do have a team that, you know, we, we probably shouldn't even be at this World Cup, you know, based on how we qualified. So I think kind of... I don't know, Jared, I don't know if you get that vibe. I, I, I mean, it's there's been negativity, but I, I also kind of feel it's more of a, yeah, that's kind of what we expected. Yeah, I feel it helps that there wasn't, I suppose, the hype in like the lead up. It was like, yes, there's another World Cup. Yes, we qualified, but realistically, like what are our chances here? Yeah. Um, it probably helps to, I suppose, that we lost the first game in a way. I'm just thinking back to like the Olympics and how it was like, we're going to win the whole thing. Like, like after we won that first match. And so here it's, it's probably, I think good that we kind of lost the first one. So the expectations stay a bit like level throughout because the Australian media can kind of, yeah, it's, to, it's um, jump on a bandwagon when there's not a whole lot of hope there, which is tomorrow night's game at the time of recording this it's a Tunisia game. Cause again, that's the one that everybody thinks we should win. Um, so that's where I feel it will, will come at a different level. One thing I wanted to mention as a Tasmanian, Nathaniel Atkinson became the first ever Tasmanian to ever play at a world cup. And also the first ever Tasmanian ever to basically fuck up and concede a goal. Um, he turned the ball over to, I think that was the first goal, or was it the second goal? Um, he basically completely uh, botched a turnover to Mbappe and then they went and scored a goal off it. So uh, for the joys of joy of having a Tasmanian in the World Cup to go and like, oh shit, that's where I'm from, the state that fucks everything up. But um, yeah, I, I actually one thing sort of on... The world, I was going to ask you, Colin, your coverage. You said you've got commentators. Are they in Qatar? Are they commentating from Canada? Like, have you sent a lot of people over to Qatar or is it kind of just covering it from Canada? Yeah, I was actually surprised we have a whole team over there. We not only, I, I don't know, the, the, the commentators who actually call them a game, I don't know if they're there, but uh, we have a panel. So in between, uh, you know, the first half and second half, you see three, four people who are literally right there in the stadium uh, who are calling it, uh, which uh, I, I saw from the, the coverage you sent me that yours is just in studio. Yeah. Um, I expected the same thing. But again, I think because this is sort of history making for Canada, 
I mean, they're, they're pulling out all the stops and we've got a bunch of people down there. That That's just what TSN's coverage is. I don't even know what the rest of the Canadian media is doing. They, they Yeah, I know in the past, SBS, like back in 2006, definitely went to Germany. I remember Les Murray sitting on a beach in Brazil in 2014 before he sadly passed away. So they used to. But um, I think only Martin Tyler is over there uh, at the moment. And I think the majority of people are here in Sydney. I, I know my job, they've sent a couple of people over there to cover things and that. But um yeah, I think the way of the world now, I think COVID has changed a lot in the way people cover events as well. So I think this is kind of the thing moving forward now, save money, do it from Sydney, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then- Or has then, Qatar changed it? May, maybe, who knows? I <laughs> went to Paris and everybody wants to go to like those, you know, the glamorous cities in a couple of years. But um, I, the one thing that I will say, the, the traveling fans for, for both teams, obviously the Socceroos, big cheer squad going over there, Great voice, but Canada, you guys sent a lot. You had Canada yeah. corner there, uh, as they called it. Um, and just looking behind me, and somebody scored a goal. No, all right, sorry. I've got this weird TV happening, and it's, the reflection is not brilliant on Zoom. So uh, at the time of recording this, we've got Iran and Wales, and it's still nil all with about 14 minutes to go. Traditional rivals going hammer and tong right now. Um, but yeah, I think that the Canada corner, Colin, you guys uh, have sent mm-hmm. a pretty big contingent over there, it seems. Yeah, you know, during the, the the pregame and everything, I was looking and I'm like, oh, you know, doesn't necessarily look like we have like the biggest Canada support. And then as soon as it started, I mean, you could tell just in the national anthem. Oh, yeah. You, you'll you'll hear like the players, which I, I thought was hilarious is the, the cameras going around. You could hear how out of tune the players were, but it was like. And they fucked the lyrics up. Things. They still say in all thy son's command. Do they get into trouble yeah, for yeah. saying the old <laughs> lyric that it's changed now? I, yeah, I think Trudeau may actually uh, <laughs> revoke their citizenship now. But uh, but hearing like how out of tune they were, but like with enthusiasm was great. And then as it was going on, I'm like, I'm hearing like the crowd singing it. And then as the game started, I'm like, this this almost sounds like it's a home game. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't sound like you, you just have some fans that went over there. I mean, it, it was actually crazy to hear the amount of support that there was. Um, some other countries have noticed the same thing. Like I was actually, I, I guess I shouldn't say surprise, but uh, you know, US obviously has like massive, um, massive fans that are in the the, the stands and very Not enthusiastic. That bad, Colin, that's a bit mean. <laughs> well, a lot of Texans down there. Uh, <laughs> our listeners the Texans Texas. love their soccer. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is fun to, to kind of watch something like the world cup when, all, all, all but one of the teams are home teams. And, you know, when you get something like Qatar, where a lot of the teams aren't even really in the region and you can kind of hear how the crowd support differs. And you you just imagine the, the people who flew halfway across the world to be there. Well, it's uh, Tunisia is one that uh, apparently from what we're hearing on the ground over there from my work is that they're some of the most rabid fans over there. And obviously it's very close to Qatar and the game on that's on behind me, the Iranian crowd were quite mm. vocal. So some of those Middle Eastern sort of Northern African countries have sent pretty big contingents over there, which, and we'll talk about Saudi Arabia. I think kind of it's, it's great for them that they kind of get that, you know, with all the issues that you have in Qatar. And I think many people have really talked about sort of the, those regional countries, whereas like in, Four years' time, obviously, you're going to have big US, Canada, and Mexico support. But, I mean, outside of, you know, maybe a couple of other Central American yes. countries, I don't know if the Brazilians are going to fly up. I mean, they fly everywhere, the Argentinians, you know. But uh, I don't know well, how many, you know, Cameroonians are going to be flying to Toronto to cheer on their side in a few years' time. Well, uh, that, that's another question I had for you because you actually know the the history of all this and everything. But uh, has that region had a world cup like no. at least in recent memory and i think like as as much as I, i'd love to jump on the bandwagon of like oh qatar qatar you know 
I, I don't think we should discount all the other countries around the Middle East and in that area. And like you said, Northern Africa, because it is cool that they have this chance to represent their, you know, their region of the world and their fan base. And I, I can imagine for some of these other countries, you know, it may be okay. Well, maybe if it wasn't in Qatar, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, we have something we've never had before. It's yeah. Look, I think, there are issues with Qatar hosting it. They shouldn't be hosting it, um, all that kind of stuff. But I agree. I think for the Middle East, it's a great thing to have. I mean, we saw that back in 2010 when Africa were sort of like, we're going to give the World Cup to Africa, gave it to South Africa, and there were issues. Of course there were. We saw it in Rio in 2016. Let's give South America an Olympics, and there were issues. But I think the fact is, is that we are more judgmental of these countries when they host an event as a Western country, and they mm-hmm. do what they can and it's great, I agree with you completely, to have that exposure in that part of the world. And I think it's fantastic that the Middle East get a an event like this. Yeah, it's a bit dodgy. Yeah, okay, they've got some issues there that we as the Western world don't agree with. But at the same time, why shouldn't they be allowed to host something like this? If I mean, they've got the money. Cause, cause, <laughs> yeah, like in all fairness, I mean, if, if the World Cup, well, the World Cup will be held in the United States in four years, a lot of these other countries are going to be very judgmental in the United yeah. States, you know, and, and you know, there's, there's obviously issues. If you were to help us in Saudi Arabia, maybe it would have been worse than Qatar. Who knows? Well, 2030, but, maybe there's talks. I mean, Saudi's dishing out the money too, but uh, yeah, you know, each side of the world's going to judge the other side a little bit harshly, but I'm sure that it, it won't get the media coverage here in four years, but I guarantee oh. if you're, in a lot of these other countries, there's going to be judgment about, uh, you know, United States, Mexico, or even Canada in four years. I'm starting the campaign now in four years' time. Stop those seal-bashing Canucks from hosting the World Cup. Those dirty seal-bashers. Come on. Just as long as you don't give it to Winnipeg. Exactly. Um, Jared, I was going to ask you, actually, in terms of watching the game, did you just get up? Did you go anywhere to, to watch it? Or was it a simple case you're in your jammies, laying in bed watching it? That was it. Alarm on, roll over, computer on, <laughs> watch the match. I I was told uh, like two days beforehand that, oh, we've got people coming into work to watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So then like I left work on the Tuesday and I said to people on my side of the office, I'm like, oh, who's coming in to watch it tomorrow? And they sort of looked at me like, you fucking stupid. I'm watching it from home. So at the time, because I had moved to my new place, I'm like an hour and 10 minutes out of the city. So I basically had to catch a bus at 10 to 5 to get on a train and basically I walked in the office door like just after the national anthems had played. And I'm like, I've got a thought on the train going like, am I being trolled? Am I about to walk into the office at like 6am and no one is there? There was like six <laughs> people in the office, but it was still, you know, we went off when they scored the goal. <laughs> so that worked, but um, it was a good experience. I think, Colin, would you tempted? Like, I don't know if they have like watch parties there because yours is kind of probably a bit more friendly on the time frame and some of the, your next two games, I think, will be even later in the afternoon. Like, is Winnipeg doing, like, viewing parties, go to a bar? I don't know. I mean, you don't drink, but, I mean, would you be tempted to go and sort of watch it with other people? You know, I, I've heard that there's uh, things going on. I mean, I I think if if we can make it out of the group stage, then it would be great to see something like this with a crowd. Um, but, uh, I have a feeling that because it's in the middle of the day, unless we get 
the type of enthusiasm that there's been for like the the Olympics, that there probably won't be as much going on because uh, businesses don't want to close down for it. But uh, again, I don't think anybody expected that uh, the the women's gold medal game for uh, Tokyo would have been as big as it was, and there they were definitely viewing parties at odd hours for that. I remember, yeah, 2006. I'm sure you do too, Jared. Sort of all the things going there, and one of my biggest regrets is not going out. Like, cause they were like midnight, two in the morning, whatever they were back then, but. Um, also, I think being in Hobart at the time, we didn't really do that. But, I mean, I don't know if you saw, Jared, the footage of Federation Square in Melbourne, 6 a.m., packed. And this is where tomorrow night, like, we've actually, the game against Tunisia is at 9 p.m. So, it's a very friendly time for us on a Saturday night. So, I think tomorrow night's going to be a, a very big deal. But um, did you see the footage of, of Federation Square at 6 o'clock in the morning, Jared, and how packed that was? I did. That just seems like the place to be. Um like I wish tomorrow night, like I could get somewhere. I'm, it's kind of like the last hour of an event that I'm working. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think just like the vibe and the buzz, like in Federation Square looked insane. Come over to my house, Jared. You can say that now, you know, we can, we can, we can watch it together. Oh, sweet. You know, we can drink some emus. I don't know where I was going with that. Just um, look at the enthusiasm on Jared's yeah. face. Jared's like, I'll uh, rock up at 3am yeah. for the, uh, for the Denmark game. Yeah. Um, if you, the funniest thing about that footage, it was a camera angle. I don't know if you saw it. There was like a woman just, I don't know, walking to work or something like that at 6.30 in the morning. She's just casually scrolling by this massive crowd of people, sort of looking up at the screen, and that's when they scored the goal. And she obviously didn't have a clue what the fuck was happening because everybody's jumping around, and she's like full-on shat herself. She's like, <laughs> and he's like just, you know, getting swarmed by like hundreds of people as they get this goal. But it's uh, I'll have to find it. I'll have to send it to you. So I think just what we might do is just go over obviously uh, the results because uh, it won't take us long really. I'm not going to go over every single match. I'll give us your thoughts. We'll just quickly, just like what we do at the Olympics, we go over the medals and well, there'll be a couple of these games that we can talk about because this one that I'm still crying about. Nice. Um, so I'll go over from group A all the way through to group H. Obviously this is the time of recording this. We are recording this on Friday night. Uh, so there is again, a literally a game that we've uh, got five minutes remaining. Uh, so we can probably bring you a result by the time this episode ends but uh group a we had ecuador beating the host Qatar 2 nothing the first time in the history of the world cup that the host nation has lost the opening game there's a fun fact for you uh and the dutch beat senegal 2 nothing in group b england 6-2 lazy uh should have done better to be honest with you there england let's be honest uh over iran and usa wales one all. Um, I got up to watch that one, and uh, the US dominated the crap out of the Welsh in the first half. Should have had more, Roger Moore, uh, and then uh, Wales uh, obviously tied up. Did you, I don't know if you've watched any of the Wales column, but every time, like I'm watching it before we started mm-hmm. recording, there's a player called Moore, and his first name is Kiefer. Kiefer Moore, and every time he touches the ball, I'm just sort of like Moore. Um, all the double. This is literally the first time I've heard about it. Uh, when you were mentioning Kiefer earlier on, I'm like, oh, is there a Kiefer? The fact that you say there's Kiefer more, more, Kiefer more. Uh, <laughs> now I'm excited. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did catch uh, a little bit of that one. Um, uh, day one, uh, I, I think Qatar was the one that I was uh, really excited about just because it, it is the host nation. Uh, but um, I, I, I'll, Am I am I remembering this wrong, or did all three of us predict Qatar would do well? Um, I did. Uh, Jared didn't. Jared says no. 
I think I was I'll, on the uh, Ecuador bandwagon, which I'm feeling a little bit better uh, about now. Jared's always he's on board with this. Um, yeah, Colin, you and I said that would make it out of the group. Jared, you said that would be dead last. Yes. All right. Sorry, I thought you had more to say yes. there, Colin. Um, <laughs> uh, breaking news in the Wales Iran game: uh, Wales have had a player sent off, which, if I am not mistaken, might be the first red card of these uh, this World Cup. I don't think we've had any others. So was um, it more? Uh, Wayne Hennessy has been sent off, according to what I can just see behind me there. So uh, there you go. Um, uh, all right, uh, Group C, the, the shock of the tournament. And according to our good friends over at Grace Note, who do the Olympic predictions, the biggest upset in the history of the World Cup, I'd dispute that, uh, Saudi Arabia 2, Argentina 1, which I just want to say, I watched the first half of that one. Argentina, I think, had like two goals disallowed. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, we know how this is going to go. So I turned it off and then I got into bed and sort of put on, because I've sort of been having the laptop next to my bed, falling asleep to the games. And as I turned it on, there's like five minutes remaining in Saudi, you're up 2-1. I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? Um, so I know I picked Argentina to win, but like part of me, not sad that they lost, kind of happy. Um, Mexico, Poland, nil all um, in Group D. Obviously, we know that Australia lost 4-1 to France. And as we said, Denmark, Tunisia, nil all. Group E. <laughs> I don't want to mention the score. Germany 1, Japan 2. We'll talk about that in a minute. Spain, lazy. 7-0. Should have been 10. Sorry. Just uh, just poor effort from Spain there. Really should have done better there. Group F, Morocco 0-0 against Croatia. And uh, Canada, zero, Belgium, one. Group G, Switzerland, one, Cameroon, nil. That's probably the worst game I've seen all tournament. That was a pretty crap game. And uh, Brazil, uh, two, Serbia, nil. Now, I didn't. I saw the highlights of that one and Rakalsen, goal of the tournament. Maybe you both saw that second goal he got. All right, that was a good goal. Um, and in Group H, Uruguay, nil, South Korea, nil. And Portugal, three, Ghana, Two. Uh, I'll just throw this open and we can talk about the shocks. But, uh, Jared, how many of them did you watch? Were there any standouts for you that you watched that, uh, you know, you enjoyed the most out of those games? Um, I think I caught the highlights of everything and saw, similar to you, kind of like the first half of, like, the Argentina-Saudi Arabia game and thought similar to, like, with, like, I was like, oh, like, Argentina, like, once they get their act together, like, this is going to be, like, a 3 or 4-0 game. Um so that was an exciting upset. Uh, the important things, the Netherlands uh, jersey, what is that colour? It's terrible, right? It's That is not <laughs> Dutch orange. What is that? No, that's just wrong. Yeah, I'm like, I agree. Yeah, it, that's, that's bugging me. Um, everything else I feel is like pretty stock standard. Too many nil-all games, which yeah. is always the case. Um, yeah, I hated like the focus on like the Switzerland Cameroon game and like the Swiss guy who was born in Cameroon not celebrating. That got way too much focus. Um, and I was like, well, we haven't seen him score against anybody else, so maybe he just doesn't celebrate goals, you know? <laughs> He's a very like calm person. He doesn't have to celebrate. Yeah, um, yeah I. Other than that, Ghana robbed as well. Ghana Great. robbed like that that penalty given to um, I wonder Ronaldo. Why. Like, and like there was like zero context. Well, so you breathe on him, you give him a penalty, right? You can't t- <laughs> can't touch the world's most protected man. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Dutch because, like, that's it's kind of if you remember Cote d'Ivoire from a couple of World Cups ago, it's kind of that lighter orange, and like that's not Dutch orange. That's um, yeah, no. But I, one one of the uniforms actually, I will say that looks better on the pitch 
England's. I uh, wasn't a fan of England when they released that one. Whoa, 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 you whoa. whoa. Something pos- you say something positive about them. The the uniform, it's made by Nike, an American company. Um, <laughs> so England didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm sure you could probably even, you know, if you put something on Taylor Swift, I'm sure it would look nice, but it's not Taylor Swift making it look nice. It's what's on her that matters, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Colin, how many of these did you watch? And if you watched or saw, what, any highlights, standouts for you? I, I mean, I see bits and pieces of most of them. Um, the the one thing that is unfortunate is that uh, the two biggest shockers, uh, which I guess we'll talk about in a second, those are the ones where I had, I, I didn't even know until it was over. And I'm like, man, I would have loved to have watched that. Uh, but uh, the, the the Denmark and um, uh, Tunisia one was one that I caught in full. And th- that one was fantastic. I mean, despite having uh, <laughs> no score, uh, obviously the, the, the Spain blowout was, blowouts aren't really fun, especially when it's a blowout from, you know, a team that you, you expect to have a blowout. Uh, but uh, that, that's the other thing I'm, I'm curious about because this is, almost like hockey where it is a lower scoring game. It's not like football or basketball where you're expecting that you're going to have points every couple minutes. Um, I, I know what you, you guys are saying about the zero, zero games aren't necessarily exciting, but uh, lower scoring games or high scoring games. I mean, do you have a preference? I mean, is it? I like the tension of lower scoring. But games. I think there is a common saying in football that you can have a, the most exciting nil all draw and have the most boring seven nil win, you know, like, yeah, uh, I've watched some very entertaining nil-all draws in my life and I've seen some terrible 10 nothing victories, you know. Um, look, I I think a high-scoring game is great when it's your team doing it. <laughs> um, if it's mm-hmm. like a neutral game, yeah, probably. Like I remember 2002, Germany beat Saudi Arabia 8 nothing. Brazil 7-1, <laughs> you know, Germany. Yeah. That was probably the favourite match I've ever seen in my entire life in 2014. But then again, you can watch them and, yeah, they can just be like, oh, God, here we go again. So I don't know, Jared, do you have a preference? I think high scoring, but high scoring and close. Like that's like the yeah, best scenario, close. right? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, if if like gun to head, I would rather, I suppose, like a close game. Although like Spain beating Costa Rica by that much when Costa Rica shouldn't have been there, like it's it's vindication. So New Zealand would have done better <laughs> than Costa Rica. I like it's it's but it's one of those things where like, yeah, if you're a neutral and it can be a tense, close, low scoring game, it's great. Like, God, I I mean I hate it when it's my team and like, like even the Australia game, like we got that goal and you're like, yeah. and then you're like, Oh my God, there's still 83 minutes to go. What am I meant to do here? Like we're only one, even the Germany game. Like you just, you literally have those moments where it's like, Oh my God, there's still so long to go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. The two shots, um, Saudi beating Argentina. Now they turn around and say like, statistically speaking, there was like this chance and this is like the biggest upset in world cup history. Like, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, I wasn't, I was three years old in 1990. I didn't see it. Neither of you two probably would have seen it. But when Cameroon beat Argentina, who at that time was the opening game of the World Cup, Argentina were the reigning champions. You had Diego Maradona, Cameroon, you know, a country in Africa that pretty much no one had ever heard of, go ahead and beat the reigning champions. And then the one that I remember watching as a 15-year-old in 2002, similar thing, reigning world champions at that time were France, Senegal, a country that I had never heard of until I saw them at the World Cup, beat France like that was huge that was a massive shock um whereas Saudi like okay they're a much lower ranked nation but they've got a lot of money um we play them in Asia a lot and they're pretty decent half the time and they've got a big crowd near them so I don't know it's just it's the messy factor look at us we beat the world's best player um 
yeah, I, I think we've all covered it really. But I mean, Jared, uh, can we get excited about Saudi Arabia of all of these, you know, nations? Like, I mean, it's no disrespect to our Saudi overlords, but I mean, you know, it's like if if Russia all of a sudden came out and beat Argentina, are we going to be celebrating this? No. Yeah, I suppose the the one thing is that I feel like there's a like a little bit of sentimentality just because they're in the same qualifying group as us. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of like, oh, like it's nice to see somebody who we play against regularly like doing well. Um, but then the other thing is just it makes that group so much more interesting now. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. And like there is there is part of me which is like you know, I'm not meant to like Saudi Arabia as a country, but I'm like, oh, you know, good for them. Like, you know, beat Argentina. Colin, uh, I, I don't know. Does, does that get much coverage in Canada? Like, do people in Canada realise what a oh, big yeah. deal that is? Because, I mean, I'm sure you all are aware of Argentina and Lionel Messi, so I'm sure you probably realise that it is a big deal. Yeah, I think both of them um, uh, got a lot of attention. Uh, now, with, with Argentina, I mean, I just saw the score afterwards, and I, I literally did a double take. I'm like, that's got to be a typo, you know. Uh, but uh, with I, I don't know how far have Japan – I know Japan's been in the World Cup, you know, multiple times, but uh, have they ever made it past the group stage? Has, has uh, round they, Saudi ever? They, they co-hosted it back in 20, 2002, made it to the second round, and I think was it 2010 or 2014 they also made it? To the second round, I think they made it out twice. Uh, and Saudi, I believe, in the US in 1994 made it to the round of 16. So they both have, but I don't believe that either have made it past the round of 16 before. I, do we have breaking news yet or am I ahead of you? Uh, are you ahead of me? Are you? What's, what's just happened here, Colin? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, get get ready. There, there will oh, be breaking news this? coming soon. All right, breaking yeah. news. I run, <laughs> have watching. the ball. I run, have the ball. Footstep, footstep, trot. Man goes for the long bomb and he shoots. He scores. Oh, yes. Get on board the Iran train. Okay. I like all Wales. Right. Saudi, Qatar, Iran. We love them all. Iran have never made it out of the group stage. And if Iran lose this game, they're out. So, um... Considering they got some of the crowd shots here of the Wales fans are hilarious. <laughs> I'm getting. <laughs> um, I I would assume this is yeah this is a bit of a shock if uh, Iran did. look at Iran celebrating. Look at him go. I didn't even realize Iran were allowed to be happy. I thought they got shot if they were happy. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, breaking news in the World Cup. Uh, Iran have scored a goal. So uh, there you go. Uh, and am I cutting out and dying again here? Because I just see two frozen men. <laughs> Still. Oh no, there they are. They're back. Hang on. One's drinking water. They're alive. Slight chuckle. Okay. Hey, All right. Are we back? <laughs> All the jokes I'm telling are hilarious, clearly. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Colin, Saudi, Argentina, making out of the group. Well, <laughs> I have no perspective on what the biggest upset of all time is, but I imagine if a country has actually uh, advanced in the past, that uh, th- there's at least always a chance. Now, I. I think Argentina is probably the bigger one here, but can we say that Iran is in the mix now as a huge upset? Like, I don't know, Wales isn't going to be at the Argentina level, but uh, it's, I think Iran, I mean, Iran beating Wales, I don't think is as a biggest shock as Saudi beating uh, Argentina, because I think that the beauty of this group is it's kind of open. I think that, you know, people look at Wales, people look at the USA and England and they're the ones that they are, and no one's really saying Iran, but again, similar thing to, you know, Saudi, Iran are not a bad team. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest thing that I'm getting from this is a lot of people just overlook Asian countries and mm-hmm. this is in Asia. 
<laughs> this is the second World Cup we've yeah. ever had in Asia. So I think Asian countries are going to have a bit more of an advantage in this. And 2002, the last time we were in Asia, it was a famous World Cup for big countries going out. South Korea made it all the way through the semifinals. Turkey on debut made it to the semifinals. You know, it was it was a very famous World Cup for big countries getting eliminated early and a lot of these smaller countries making it through, which is what you can get at a World Cup. So absolutely Iran are within a shot. Um, they've got their hard game out of the way with England and far out, Iran, USA, if it didn't already have a big storyline attached to it, Going to have an even bigger one now if, um, you know, if the USA can get a draw or even beat England, who knows what's going to happen in this last game. So, yeah, breaking news, Iran have, Iran have won, have they? Or did they get a second goal? Have they got a second oh, goal? Oh, they got a second goal because I saw them celebrating. I thought the final whistle had gone. Wow, 2 nothing, Iran. Two goals in the last, like, five minutes. Jeez. Jared, are you, are you, how are you feeling about this, Iran? Look at us celebrating these countries. We're not meant to be celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Get on the train. Um, good, good optics. This is, um, <laughs> also Qatar, honestly, bring out the ghost. Yeah. If you want to get some yeah. good publicity, bring out the mascot. Where's Casper? <laughs> they, I don't know if you watched last week tonight with John Oliver, but like he actually had a big thing to do with the, uh, the mascot this week. Uh, cause he did a story on Qatar. So, um, he even brought out the, the mascot, but yeah, I haven't seen it much. It was a ghost. I guess that's the point, right? <laughs> Probably in the room. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> the most successful mascot in history. I know it's John Cena. You can't see it, basically. Um, yeah, wow. Um, Japan three times they've made it to the round of sixteen. Two thousand two, two thousand ten, and two thousand and eighteen. They actually made it in the last World Cup. I never made it past the round of sixteen. Uh, and Saudi, yeah, twenty. Uh, sorry, nineteen ninety four. They made it there, and Iran never out of the group. So uh, they've got a very good chance of that right now. Speaking of Japan, I watched the whole game. Of course I did. And look, I'm not just saying this because I'm biased, but Germany did dominate the game for 80% of it. They had a couple of goals that hit the, but they had a, an offside, uh, easy offside goal disallowed. They had, I think two hit the post and basically the two goals that Japan got went against the flow of play and, and went in the net. And Japan played very well. I'm not to take away from Japan and, you know, I'd rather lose to Japan than Spain or Costa Rica. Um, so, I mean, I don't mind Japan. Like, their jerseys, they're the, they're, they've got the best-looking jerseys at the World Cup. I'm just saying that right now. Those blue and the, the way they've got the white patterns on it, beautiful jerseys. But, um, Jared, you want to talk about countries that we know very well in this region of the world? Uh, if we had the biggest rival outside of New Zealand in soccer, it would be Japan. We've always had very big games against Japan. And uh, Canada beat Japan in a friendly before the World Cup. Now Japan beat Germany, so... Canada, obviously, a better country than Germany in soccer, clearly. But um. that, uh, <laughs> that that definitely has been mentioned on Canadian TV in the last couple of days. <laughs> I, I'm sad because the, the thing that the thing that's hardest for me to take as a German fan is that, you know, if you lose to Spain, you're like, oh, at least we've got Japan and Costa Rica to go. The fact that we lost to like the middle team in the group makes it very tricky because you expect Japan to beat Costa Rica. They've already beaten us. So therefore, it's like, well, we have to beat Spain, a country that just beat a country 7 nothing. So if Germany doesn't get a result against Spain, they're basically done for two World Cups in a row, which I just will jump out this building, I think, because this is one that I'm more sad about Canada and, and uh, Australia with. Jared, did you see any of this? I mean, it was a decent game, but I just, <laughs> just don't know. I caught the highlights and I suppose similar to what you said, like the, there was two highlights in there for Japan, which was their goals. And yeah. then the whole rest of the video was like all of Germany's chances. Yeah. So yeah, just I suppose unlucky to, to not get that result. But again, it 
these like upsets make these groups so much more exciting. It's it's soccer. It's just it's like a lot of sport. This happens. I mean, famously, Spain won in two thousand and ten. They lost their opening game to Switzerland, and they went on to win the whole tournament. So you know, it's it's doable. Colin, pay any attention to to Germany, Japan. Uh, I mean, just hearing about it afterwards. Um, but I, I kind of agree with Jared. I mean, the upsets is what makes it fun. And, yeah. it, you know, uh, w- the first game, whatever, you, you're not out of it yet. Uh, but the fact that we've had this many, uh, I think, is just making it that much more interesting because these countries that maybe you wouldn't have given a second look to. And uh, in our preview, I don't even remember <laughs> what our uh, our odds on favor were for any of these countries. Um, now, maybe going into the next round, if any of these countries make it out, I mean, there's going to be a lot more attention on them. I'm just actually seeing here quickly just on the Asian countries, if any of us predicted them going out of the group. So obviously, Qatar, Colin and I, well, we're doing well on all the Asian countries, considering that they're the one that probably are the worst of the older countries <laughs> right now. Um, none of us predicted. We all said Iran would be last. We all said Saudi Arabia would be last. Uh, I said Australia would get out, and you both said Australia would be third. Um, Japan, we all said that either be third or fourth. Um, and South Korea, Colin said they will get out of the group, but other than that, no. So this is, it's funny, all the talk about the Asian countries doing well, I think if there's one region that really did not do well in that first uh, round was the African nations. Um, did we have any? I mean, Tunisia got a draw. Morocco got a draw, but Cameroon, Senegal, and Ghana didn't uh, get anything out of it. Obviously, Ghana, I agree with you, Jared, yeah. robbed. Um, but, I mean, everybody always talks about that next great superpower is going to come from Africa outside of, you know, the European and South American dominance. But pff, this rate, it's Asia. <laughs> I think, I mean, we're just well, seeing Iran just did it. So, I mean, if only Australia, Jared, could get on this, you taste the mm. Asian Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> That's it. Speaking of, like, the... Japan, Germany game, the coverage afterwards, I swear, if I see one more shot of like the Japanese locker room and how tidy it was, <laughs> I don't know if that's like in the Canadian news cycle as well, but honestly, I was like, country shows like a decent amount of respect and players tidy up after themselves. Who would have thought? The, the, <laughs> what a revelation. I will say the memes are funny. Like, I don't know if you've seen the memes from it, but yeah, like, and it's, and Everyone's acting like, oh, look at the Japanese fans cleaning the stadium. Like, this is like a Japanese thing. Like, it's been in many sporting events. The Japanese Grand Prix, you always see the fans will stay back. Like, it's it's a cultural thing. That's what thing. they're known for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is why, as like I was saying, as a German fan, I'm, I can't be sad to lose to Japan. Japan's a great country, great people. Like, you know, why wouldn't you you'd be, if you want to lose to someone, lose to Japan. Every other country sucks. Just so- just look at how clean the venues were back in Tokyo. Exactly. Uh, the Olympics. <laughs> it's like nobody was there. Spotless. Absolutely spotless. <laughs> uh, did you get any of that, Colin, though? Like the whole, like, oh, look what no. they did in the locker rooms and stuff like that. No? This is the first I've heard about that, yeah. I, I, I'm just excited. Uh, we're only about an hour away from Qatar or Senegal. We're going to have uh, one Ooh. of those One of those nations are are going to, well, maybe they won't win. <laughs> maybe it's going to be another 0-0. <laughs> I've got to say, Qatar-Senegal, when you think of great sporting rivalries, <laughs> takes you back, doesn't it, to all those classic encounters. <laughs> I just, I'm bracing myself. The world will implode uh, with just passion well, and excitement. <laughs> Well, what's what's going to be more tense between that or Poland and Saudi Arabia? Oh, God, don't talk like, you know, 
Uh, one country likes to get invaded. The other, uh, is that too soon to say that? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny when I'm watching Germany, Japan, I'm going like, this game wouldn't have gone down well 80 years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't think people would have cared back then. <laughs> Who knows, in 80 years' time, we're going to be celebrating Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Russia. Like now, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, in, in 80 years' time, Belgium and, and Canada, oh, don't talk about them. Uh, <laughs> they're being banned from the world. Um some of the, the things I just um, – so we sort of look ahead to the week. Um, just the crowds. Now, um, don't know how people in Qatar are taught math, but um, I, d- I don't know if either of you have paid much attention to the news story circulating around the crowd figures that are that are happening during the World Cup. I've got a couple here for you. Uh, the opening game of the World Cup, Qatar-Ecuador, uh, the Albayat Stadium – holds 60,000 people at that stadium. The official capacity, uh, the official attendance was given at 67,372. England versus Iran at the Khalifa's International Stadium. Official capacity of that stadium is 40,000. The attendance given was 45,334. USA-Wales at the Ahmed bin Ali Stadium. Capacity 40,000, 43,418 fit in that stadium. Now, it's all well and good. I get it. You can fit more people into a stadium, put them in the aisles, whatever, like put them in the concession stands. The problem is when you actually watch the games, there are empty seats in the majority of the stadium. I saw a headline of one of these basically saying like, oh, yeah, I believe that figure is true if they were really little people. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that making news in Canada, Colin, the fact that somehow the Qatari officials are lying about the attendances and there are actually a lot of empty seats in these stadiums? No, it hasn't made the news here. Um, the, when you were first talking about that, what I was thinking is for, for large events, what they do is they will add on whoever's working, you know, all yeah. the people backstage and the players. They'll literally say, oh, we got about, you know, 3,000 people doing media coverage, including in the parking lot. So then they add that on there. But then when you said empty seats, I'm like, I don't think I've seen a sellout yet. So even with those add-ons, I don't think that's possible. I think, too, there is an issue with certain sporting events where, you know, you might sell a certain amount of tickets and then obviously it's ticketed attendance versus people who actually show up because I, I know they do that with certain sports in this country where it's like, oh, we sold this amount of tickets, but then all of a sudden, you know, half of them show up but they still go with the number that they sold because I've been at events before. <laughs> And you literally go like, there's like this amount of people here. They show the official attendance. And you're like, who are they counting? Like, where are the people? Like, there is not that many people here. Jared, have you been seeing some of this? Because I just think it's hilarious. Like, they're getting away with this. I haven't. But I don't know if we can jump to them being empty seats. If we don't know, there could have been 7,000 mascots in the crowd. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That is very true. Everybody came dressed as the, the, the ghost. John Cena's family showed up. They were just like, you know, here we go. Uh, let's go to the World Cup. Love the World Cup. Um, yeah, kind of funny. The other one that I liked the story during the week was um, the, of course, famously or infamously, whatever you want to say, uh, they stopped selling beer, basically. They were like, no, alcohol at stadiums, Budweiser, bad. You can't do it. Budweiser has spent, you know, all billions and billions of dollars. But I don't know if you saw the story that came out during the week that Budweiser's got all this beer that they can't sell at the World Cup because they're not allowed to. So what are they going to do with it? The winning country of the World Cup gets all the beer. So there you go, Colin. If Canada wins it, you're going to get a whole shit ton of fucking Budweiser coming north of the border. I mean, isn't that just exciting, right? 
I have heard that story. Um, I think for one thing, if, and again, somebody who doesn't drink, you know, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I would think that uh, each country should be allowed with their own customs to kind of make the rules. But from what I understand, this is something where they allowed it and then they, they took it back at the last minute. Uh, I just think, wouldn't it be amazing if Qatar wins this whole thing now? And they say, no, thank you. <laughs> just didn't think of that. Give it to, uh, g- give it, yeah, give it to Argentina. They deserve it. <laughs> they've, had a, they've had a rough go. <laughs> wow. Jared, I don't know how much of a drink you are. It's never really a conversation I've had. But I mean, you know, if Australia somehow win the World Cup, because sure it's going to happen, would you be happy with a couple of hundred thousand cartons of Budweiser floating to our shores? Well, I mean, if we win, sure, right? <laughs> uh, and if there was any incentive that an Australian needed, like beer, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'd, I'd have a drink to celebrate the occasion, you know. I'd have a bud. I think I've had a bud before. You know, beer's beer to me. I'm just one of those people that if I just drink a beer, it'll taste the same. Like, I mean, is that racist to beer? I don't know. But like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> racist. Um, I mean, some taste slightly different, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not the biggest. I like it, but I don't love it, essentially. I'm an Australian. Uh, just quickly to the coverage. Now, again, we've said this in our preview last week. We're not here to bag out SBS because we like SBS. They're, they're good. But what I'm going to say, Jared, now Martin Tyler, he's amazing. He's a legend. He's been to 50,000 World Cups. Is he getting a little bit old now? Because he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. Like, I mean, I think he's in his late 70s, but, like, he's Mr. Enthusiastic when they get a goal. But, like, literally sometimes it's just like, oh, and he passes the ball and, oh, it's got into the net and they've scored a goal. Like, I mean, this is the World Cup, Martin. Like, I mean, do you think he's a bit scared he's going to give himself a heart attack? I, I don't know. Somebody tap Martin on the shoulder and tell him that he's at the World Cup, please. Yeah, we need somebody to go off. Um, just get Bruce in there. Oh, yes. he's not he's not a soccer man, but get him in there. He'll do the job. Jared, just saying, apparently Channel 7 might have the Women's World Cup next year. Can you imagine that? Like, oh, Sam Kerr, finesse touch in the back of the net. Oh, it's special, isn't it? Oh, yes, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for Bruce doing any any sport. Uh, Colin, how's the, how is, like, who are your Canadian commentators? Because one thing I will say, and I, I love your part of the world. I love your accent. But there are some sports that just sound weird with like an American or a Canadian accent. I've been getting some of the matches after the games, uh, not saying how, and it's the American coverage. And it just is weird hearing Americans commentate soccer. It's like when I hear Formula One commentated by Americans, it's just it should be commentated by a British person. It just should be. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, there are just some sports that you need the British accent. Um, who are your Canadian commentators? Are they anybody of note? I I don't know their names. I mean, this is, uh, it, I guess, the same for you. You know, certain people do certain sports. You know, I'm used to the football people. I'm used to the hockey people. We haven't had a lot of uh, soccer stuff here. But it is funny you say that because uh, the, the two commentators we have, one of them is British. The oh. guy doing the play-by-play, they got a British guy. Good. So they're of the same opinion as you, I guess. And, and I can kind of see that. I, I remember as I was listening to that, I'm like, oh, I, I wonder, is this actually the Canadian coverage? And then you hear, you know, the other guy and you're like, okay, it is Canadian coverage. But uh uh, yeah, I, since you said that, I kind of understand that. Um, I, I think that it would be like if I was listening to uh, hockey yeah. with a British Agreed. commentator. No, I yeah, completely agree. Nothing against the British. I'm like, no, it, everything it against the British. The English, the other British <laughs> yeah. countries are good. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's let's just get Welsh commentators for everything. Uh, that'll be okay. But yeah, I I don't think I would I I don't think I would feel right not having somebody at least with similar to Canadian accent calling hockey. Sorry to say, Ben, because I know you used to call hockey. <laughs> well, but, but that's that's I was going to say exactly the same thing. Like when I used to do either play by play here or when I was doing color in Canada. It sounds weird, an Australian doing hockey commentary. Like, I am completely on board with you there. Like, it just doesn't sound right. But diversity. But you, you also, yeah, this is this is a trend that we've discovered. You also would use some of my facts in your commentary when you were calling hockey in BC. And three out of five were true. Um, <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Um, so I guess looking ahead, uh, we will be recording next week on the Thursday. We'll uh, go back to our regularly scheduled recording slot, hopefully, and then release on a Friday morning. But basically, it's going to be a busy week between now and then because a lot of stuff's going to happen. Basically, Canada and Australia are probably either going to be out or in still this time next week. So we'll have uh, two games of each to talk about. Hopefully, Germany will still be in. But there will obviously be a couple more games after we record next week. So next week is kind of our conclusionary group stage episode and then we can look ahead to some round of 16 games and kind of look it's a weird sort of episode next week going into that but uh final take on the last two we'll just go with canada and australia here because this is who we're here to talk about when goes through it like i don't want you to give me like the ecuador predictions i mean you can if you want to but um jared we've got tunisia we've got denmark obviously the tunisia one at the time recording this is less than 24 hours away you got to get at least a point out of that one uh you know because i guess luckily it was a draw between Tunisia and Denmark. So despite us getting spanked and our goal difference not looking fantastic right now, it the other result kind of went the way that we'd want it to. So how are you feeling? Tunisia, Australia. It's been a long time coming for these arch enemies in world sport and we're finally on the world stage up against each other. You know, not as confident as I was going into the World Cup. Um, I think based on kind of both results, Tunisia probably performing a bit better than expected and Australia, I think an expected loss, but maybe like by a little bit more than expected. Um, so yeah, not as confident anymore, but like you say, like we got like the best possible result we could from the other game being a draw and a nil all draw. Yeah, I think of Australia just passing it back to the goalkeeper all the time. Like just don't go forward. Take a shot. Take a shot from halfway. I don't care. Just take a shot on goal. And and can the cum dog do something? The cum dog was useless the other day. Uh, <laughs> just gotta say, <laughs> I love the cum dog, but just the cum dog did nothing. Neither did Qual, and I was disappointed with that one. So uh, yeah, no, I ah, uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Tunisia. Have never made it out of the group stage either. So Australia have. You know, just saying. But um, look, get a draw. Just at least get a draw to give us some hope. I don't want two losses and then just basically we're done, you know? So, because if, if we lose and then France beat Denmark, we're out. It's that simple. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's some math off the top of my head. I'm, I think that's right. That is right, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, uh, Canada, um, I think, yeah, Jared's trying to work it out too. Because, yeah, if... If we lose, we're on zero points. Tunisia would be on four points. And then if France beat Denmark, they'd be on six points. Dem yeah, we couldn't go through because second place has four points. We're out. So there you go. There's some simple math for you. Um, Canada, in their next match, have Croatia, Colin, the reigning silver medalists of the World Cup. They, they of course, runners-up 2018. 
They had a nil-all draw as well against Morocco. How are you feeling against uh, Croatia? And uh, what do you think will happen in that one? Uh, a lot more optimistic after the last game. Um, I, I think what's exciting about this is that it's going to be a weekend one. So this is where everybody's going to be watching. Um, but uh, it, see, I, I wouldn't have expected Croatia would have been as, uh, as successful as they were. Like what you just said, whether they're a runner up, but uh, that was the first thing they mentioned after uh, the last game that we had was that, oh, we got Croatia next. So I think w- the the Canadian media is going into this next one not as optimistic as you would think. I think they they want to they want to set the bar low and then hope that we uh, exceed it. Uh, looking at the the time though, um, we we're typically going to be recording this one on Thursdays. Uh, we could be in the middle of Canada and Morocco by the time we record next week. So. I, Maybe you'll hear some screaming. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I don't think I we're, recording we're recording that, recording that long. Just three <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> oh, <I'll, laughs> I'm looking quite. and I'm like, it's morning for me. But yeah, it's it's an 8 a.m. It's not the uh, the early game. Yeah, because I know but, the uh, next. Okay. Stay tuned for next week's four hour podcast, <laughs> so we get to the start of the Canada Morocco game. I, I know. Looking ahead in <laughs> terms That's of the three hour preview that yeah, TSN has, the um the next couple of uh. Canada and Germany games are at shit times. I know that. So I'm going to have to work out some schedules there. But, uh, yeah, I think with Croatia, they famously got third on debut back in France in 1998. And then, yeah, it was a bit of a shock that they made it. But they knocked out England in the semifinals, so I was a happy boy. But, um, yeah, I I think, again, you got your hardest game done. Not to take away from Croatia. Croatia are a great side and and are capable of shocks. But Australia drew with Croatia back in 2006, and we got through to the second round because of that, Colin. So you're welcome. So... I'm 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 picking you guys. I'm I'm I think you can beat them if get a draw at least. But I think you'll get your first goal in this game, Colin. It's 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 gonna it's gonna come dog all I over will. your face. You will. They're gonna, they're gonna put me in. <laughs> they are. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, the other Davies game. Davies is down with an injury, but good news, <laughs> Colin Hilding is in. <laughs> Uh, and then the other game, of course, Jared, that will happen between now and next week, Australia, Denmark, um, Princess Mary, eat your heart out. We had that, of course. Uh, Four years ago, we got a draw against the Danes. But, um, you know, how many Princess Mary references do you think we'll get uh, when we play Denmark? Too many. Too many. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Morocco is Canada's last game, which uh, as clearly Colin wants us to be on air at like three in the morning. So I'm sure we can uh, <laughs> talk about that during there. Um, we didn't talk about it. I'm not I'm not forcing this on anyone. We're not going to do an athlete of the week or a team of the week or anything like that. But, um you know, maybe next World Cup we'll be more prepared. Women's World Cup next year, we'll give it to Canada every single week to make Colin happy. Um, but I would give it to the Qatari counters uh, because they know how to count. And the ghost. No, the ghost. The ghost. Yeah, I would go with that too. Ghost is filling that stadium. Um, like, follow, subscribe, all the regular things. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Sorry, again, this episode was a little bit later this week than it usually is, but both our listeners probably don't really give a shit, to be honest. So, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know how dangerous it is me having SBS on because I know the next game isn't on for another half an hour. It is Friday night, 11.25, so Colin might see some boobs very shortly. We are on SBS, so... Um, <laughs> Just be warned if a big pair of boobs shows up on my TV behind me, Colin. That's just SBS on a Friday night. We've warned you about that before. Um, Colin, thank you very much. Uh, I, how are you, just before we go, are you enjoying the World Cup? This is, you know, as we yeah. talk about our preview, you, you're enjoying really paying attention to it? First time I've 
done more than just, you know, watch it in passing. Um, and uh, I think especially, like I said, the the fact that there's been some of these upsets is made a lot more exciting. And the fact that I didn't actually miss today's upset. Um, I actually got to witness it. You uh, did. And call it live on the air. Well done. Breaking news in Colin's house. Uh, Jared, thank you. And, yeah, you enjoying it too? I know you've paid more attention to it in the past, but uh, how, how's your sleep pattern going with you? Right at the moment, like I said, like the times, like they're not the best, but they're not the worst. Like it's just those 3 a.m. games, but 6 a.m. Like I'd rather be later, but it's okay. And then the fact that we're getting like a, a 9 p.m. game tomorrow for Australia is is amazing. I agree. And on a Saturday night too, get get everybody around the sofa, kids, TV. You can watch the sofa if you want, but the game's on the TV, I believe. So um, yes. Anyway, there you go. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. As always, a shout-out to the Birmingham Bull and the Qatari Ghost. No, that doesn't work the same, does it? Um, uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, remember to go left. Go left.